You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're getting pumped for the Week 7 matchup between the 49ers and the Patriots. We'll be talking a lot about that. Final injury report is out. There are some surprises on it. 49ers have swung one trade and might be ready to swing another. We'll hear from the coach, Kyle Shanahan, the defensive coordinator, Robert Sala, and the other coach, Bill Belichick, and of course, the keys to victory for the 49ers to beat the Patriots in Week 7. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. We've got to talk trades today. The 49ers have added a defensive end, Jordan Willis, from the New York Jets. And Kyle Shanahan confirming that wide receiver Dante Pettis is on the trade block. More on that. Let's start with the injury report. And there was one surprise name that popped up on the injury report today, essentially. And that is Jimmy Ward. Strained his quadricep muscle at Thursday's practice. Didn't practice Friday and is now out Sunday. So the 49ers will be without both starting safeties. Jaquaski Tart not playing. Didn't practice all week with his groin injury. So Tarverius Moore. Likely will get his first start of the season at free safety for Jimmy Ward. Then we'll find out. Then we'll find out what the 49ers do at strong safety. Most likely call up Jonathan Cyprian from the practice squad. The veteran, by most accounts, outplayed Marcel Harris during camp. So maybe a dark horse to even start if he gets called up to the active roster after Raheem Mostert gets placed on IR to create the room for him. So Cyprian or Marcel Harris starting at strong safety, a pair of new starters at safety for the 49ers in Week 7, I'm sure Cam Newton and Josh McDaniels will test those safeties Sunday. Also out for the 49ers, the aforementioned Raheem Mostert. He is going on IR for at least three weeks with a high ankle sprain. And Quan Alexander, an ankle injury, will keep him out again for the 49ers. Dante Johnson will play. Questionable tackle Trent Williams and running back Jeff Wilson. I think that they are more optimistic about Trent Williams being able to play Game time decision, Kyle Shanahan said, for those questionable players. But usually questionable means more like probable. So uh, I'd be surprised if Trent Williams doesn't play. Jeff Wilson, we'll see. It's a little bit more difficult for him to play on uh, an injured calf that's kept him out for a little while now. And just as a quick reminder, not that the folks listening to this podcast need a reminder about how injured the 49ers have been this year, but Jennifer Lee Chan compiled a list of all the players who have missed games or are currently out for the 49ers because not everybody's listed on the injury report if they're already on injured reserve. So here's the list, and I'll take a deep breath here before I go through these players that are out due to injury this week for the Niners. Defensive end, Nick Bosa, end and tackle, Solomon Thomas. Defensive end, D. Ford, who, by the way, was working on a side field pushing a sled, so maybe there might be a return nearing for D. Ford. We'll probably find out more about that next week, still out uh, in week seven for the Niners. Running back Raheem Mostert, running back Tevin Coleman, running back Jeff Wilson, linebacker Quan Alexander, linebacker Martin Zacha, cornerback Richard Sherman, cornerback Kwan Williams, safety Jimmy Ward, safety Jaquasti Tart, center Weston Richburg, center Ben Garland, tight end Jordan Reed, defensive lineman Ronald Blair, defensive lineman Julian Taylor, defensive lineman Ezekiel Ansa, wide receiver Jalen Hurd, and wide receiver Tavon Austin. I almost forgot about the Tavon Austin signing. <laughs> 
And then those players who have missed games that are active for the 49ers who should be out there Sunday, Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Emmanuel Mosley, Richie James, Dre Greenlaw, Akella Witherspoon, and Dante Johnson. So that is a long list of players. It's half the darn team. That's more than half of the team and a whole bunch of starters and big names that the 49ers have missed either currently or for parts of the 2020 season. When you look at it like that, it's almost remarkable that the 49ers are currently three and three and have a chance to uh, go over 500 this year if they could beat the Patriots Sunday. The 49ers getting some reinforcements. We're getting close to the week eight trade deadline and the 49ers have made one move adding defensive end Jordan Willis and a 2021 seventh round pick for a 2022 sixth round pick from the New York Jets. Let's just look at the draft picks first. This was essentially a free trade for the 49ers. And actually, I like the way this works out when you look at the draft picks because usually teams treat a pick this year worth the same as a pick next year, but one round higher. So essentially a seventh rounder this year is worth the same as a sixth round pick next year. But when you consider who they're trading with, the New York Jets, the pick they got in the seventh round this year is probably going to be the first pick in the seventh round from the New York Jets, which means it might be, when you use that formula, more valuable than where the 49ers might be picking in the 22 draft with that sixth round pick that's going to New York. Niners already short one draft pick this year for the Trent Williams trade. So uh, it's essentially free, but the Jets saying, well, you got to give us a little bit something. So they swap some picks that basically have the same value and the 49ers get a player who wasn't really playing for them in Jordan Willis, the defensive end in his fourth season out of Kansas State. So who is Jordan Willis? What kind of player are the 49ers getting? Well, he's been a disappointment so far in his NFL career. He was part of that 2017 draft class. It was Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch's first draft. And wouldn't be surprising if he was somebody they maybe liked and were looking at in the middle rounds of the draft and had Chris Kosarek look at him. He said, yeah, I can work with this in the wide nine as a depth piece. They didn't trade for Jordan Willis to come in and, and start games, even though he might at the, the rate that the 49ers are falling and getting injured. He was pretty productive in the Big 12 at Kansas State, which is not saying a lot. That conference doesn't play a ton of defense, but he really wowed at the Combine in 2017 and put himself in the conversation with some of the, the better pass rushers in you know the day two area pass rushers in that class because he looks the part. I mean, he, he's chiseled out of granite. Six five, six four and a half, six five, two hundred sixty five, two hundred seventy pounds, and so he's he's built exactly like you want him to look as an edge player. And then he goes to the combine, and he ran a four five three, which is a crazy number, but he showed a ton of stiffness on tape. He, I I wasn't a huge fan when I saw him play, and I thought, oh man, this guy's gonna get way overdrafted because of how he worked out at the combine. But then he he actually didn't end up going that high. Actually, he went. About seven picks after Akello Witherspoon in the third round of that 2017 draft. And, and there was a group of players that Willis was a, was a part of that I thought might be a fit for the 49ers that they might be looking at at that area of the draft. And it was Jordan Willis, it was Carl Lawson, it was Derek Rivers, and Terrell Basham. And if you read the Peter King piece about the 49ers draft that year, he was embedded, and the 49ers were looking at Terrell Basham hard. And the way King explains it, they were going to take Terrell Basham if they didn't trade that third round pick. So they had two picks in a row. So they selected Akello Witherspoon, then they traded the very next pick after Akello to the Saints. And the Saints turned around and drafted 
Alvin Kamara with that pick. So the 49ers weren't going to draft Alvin Kamara anyways. They were looking at a pass rusher. They were looking at Terrell Basham, apparently, in that area. And Oh, man, how awesome would Alvin Kamara have been in the 49ers offense? And they wouldn't have had to go out and spend a bunch of money on Jarek McKinnon and Tevin Coleman. Oh, man. Anyway, let's, let's not go down that road. But uh, the two players I liked out of that group the most were Derek Rivers out of Youngstown State and Carl Lawson. The, the Cincinnati Bengals actually doubled up in that area of the draft and took both Willis and Lawson. Lawson's still playing. Actually, Lawson, one of their better pass rushers this year. All four of those edge players, though, have had a ton of injuries in their career. Terrell Basham has done nearly nothing for... Was he, the, was he drafted by the Jets as well? I think he might have ended up on the Jets. I can't remember where... I know it was the Colts for a while. I don't remember where Terrell Basham is now. Uh, Derek Rivers still on... The New England Patriots and the 49ers might see him. He's had a ton of injuries. He lost his entire rookie season to a torn ACL, and he's had more injuries after that. He's got a back injury right now. He is questionable to play against the 49ers this week. Carl Lawson, of those four I mentioned, turned out to be the best player. And Lawson actually was a player that I had hoped the 49ers would be able to target in trade. Uh, instead, they got Willis, who hasn't done much. So what, what are they getting from him? You know, they're getting a specimen. They're getting a player who has disappointed. He only has three career sacks. He doesn't have any good PFF grades or anything to go with it. He's already on his third team now in the NFL, which tells you, you know, he's basically in journeyman mode now and trying to hang on with his career. Can the 49ers get a little bit out of him? Can they get some juice out of him? Point him in a straight line and say, use that height, weight, speed, and go straight toward the quarterback. Maybe they can get something out of him, but uh, he's a depth piece. I wouldn't expect a ton out of Jordan Willis other than being a depth guy and a rotational player for the 49ers defense. Not a bad trade for the 49ers. They got him for basically free, as I mentioned, and you have a height, weight, speed specimen. Maybe Chris Kosura can get something out of him and you have some depth going forward the rest of the season at a position that you're pretty thin at. I mentioned how the 49ers, after a loss to the Patriots, if they're under 500, could potentially go into sell mode at the trade deadline. They're currently in sell mode with at least one player. We'll hear from Kyle Shanahan about Dante Pettis coming up. Is anybody out there hitting a wall? Whether this is Friday afternoon, you're listening to this podcast, or on the weekend, uh, I definitely was hitting a wall today before recording this podcast. I broke through that wall with Built Go. And look, man, it's <laughs> podcasting might not seem like a difficult job, but... Man, after doing 10 shows per week, yeah, I was like, man, okay, I got to get up for this last pod of the week. I got to talk keys to victory for my people about the 49ers. Built Go helped me get there, whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every day. Easy to take, one and a half ounce packages. Uh, you can put it in your beef briefcase. You can put it in your backpack. You can put it in your glove box. You can put it in your golf bag. That's another place that I love to have a Built Go is on the golf course, power you through the back nine. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like an energy drink without the same crash feeling because it's natural and it's better for your body. Three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Fast absorbing gets into your system quickly and it's easy on the stomach. It's loaded with good stuff to ignite your energy. Beta alanine, B vitamins, honey, and a little kick of caffeine. Go to BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED. You'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Shanahan was asked Friday if the rumors and reports were true that the 49ers were either shopping or listening to offers or both for disappointing wide receiver Dante Pettis. Um, I mean, it was two weeks before the trade deadline. I know John's taken a number of calls on it. I know he's made some. 
Um, you know, that's stuff that we do right now. And, um, you know, we'll see if it can help us. And if it does, we'll, won't hesitate to do it, but nothing's imminent. Um, Dante's a part of our team and um, there's a good chance he can still stay a part of our team. And, and if he does, I, when his number's needed and he gets his opportunity, I plan on him being ready. There you go. The rumors are true. Dante Pettis is available and it actually would be more surprising if he was not available. And I think it's more of a matter of the 49ers not getting the offers that they think he's worth potentially uh, in the past. And right now I can't imagine them getting much either. One thing, and I think the 49ers wouldn't even have traded him for Willis because I mentioned Willis was free. One thing that Dante Pettis has an advantage over someone like Jordan Willis is Willis is in the last year of his rookie contract. Dante Pettis drafted a year later has one more year under a contract next year. So a team trading for Dante Pettis isn't trading for him necessarily for what he's going to do the rest of 2020. They're, they're trading for him for what he could potentially do and get into the offense and maybe compete for a spot and produce in 2021. And I do think there's potential for Dante Pettis to get a fresh start and be under a new coaching staff. And maybe things just didn't jive with Kyle Shanahan and, and he could do some things because he can get open and he can catch the ball. And, and I think he really does need a, a fresh start. And I think it could be a win-win for the 49ers and Dante Pettis if they're able to find a trade partner. But I think, Getting much in return, that ship has sailed. Maybe the 49ers missed an opportunity to trade him in the past or weren't quick enough to admit their mistake or admit that things weren't working out with him in San Francisco. And we'll see if the 49ers even get any offers at all. And if they do what that will look like, you know, maybe something like a sixth round pick is what I would guess the 49ers might be able to get from another team around the league. Again, a team that maybe liked him coming out of college, a team that saw some of his rookie year tape and has seen some flashes of potential out of Dante Pettis and, and want to see if they can turn him into something. But it's definitely clear. And for a coach to publicly talk about a player that is on the trading block is pretty rare. Uh, it's clear that something is not going to happen in Kyle Shanahan's offense with the San Francisco 49ers. So either trade or cut after this season or something. But uh, And at this point, he's not active on game day. Whatever the best offer is before the deadline, you got to take it if you're the 49ers. Onto the game at hand this week, the New England Patriots Sunday afternoon and another athletic quarterback that the 49ers have had trouble facing really for the entire Kyle Shanahan, Robert Sala era. So are they going to do anything different this week against Cam Newton? Um, no, I mean, same stuff you normally try to do. I mean, going against mobile quarterbacks is always a challenge. I mean, there's a different element, changes up your run fits and one more player you have to count for on every single play. So it's, it's always a challenge. Um, but there's a lot of other things that you got to defend besides just the running plays by the quarterback. So um, you make a big emphasis of it. Um, it's been good training for us having a number of them this year. And um, hopefully that'll lead to us continuing to get better at it. I don't know if Kyle Shanahan would tell us exactly what the scheme change was going to be. In fact, I'm sure he wouldn't tell us if that was the case. But if they really are going to do the exact same thing they've always done, I don't know how they should expect different results. So let's see how that works out for them Sunday. Uh, on the same note, Robert Sala was asked what it's like to face a quarterback like Cam Newton, who's not only athletic, but rather large. So Cam, uh, you, you hit it on the head. I mean, he's, he looks like a, everyone's Madden figure when you, when you create a player on Madden. Uh, from the end zone copy, it looks like he's supposed to have his hand on the football while the centers should be taking the snap. He's that big. So uh, he's a freak athlete. He's got an unbelievable arm. He's got great presence in the pocket where he can feel and slide. He's not looking to scramble. He'll, he stands in there tall. And, and the issue with Cam is that you'll bounce off him if you don't bring everything you've got with you. Um, and, and he can find his way to go scramble and, and make you pay uh, 
pay in that regard on off schedule off schedule football. So uh, they've also got some designer runs for them in, in the uh, from a run game standpoint, which are challenging. So uh, Josh has done a fantastic job implementing him to the scheme and adding wrinkles that that utilize his strengths. And so the challenge uh, is obviously with all quarterbacks, you got to keep him in the pocket and uh, always have respect for the level of the quarterback. And then from there, when you have your opportunity to tackle him. Uh, just understand you've got to bring everything because he just uh, an arm tackle won't do it. You've got to bring your whole entire body with you. Also got to look out for Cam, the receiver. Julian Edelman uh, tossed a couple of passes last week for the Patriots. Speaking of those Patriots, let's get to some audio this week from a conference call with reporters and Pat's head coach, Bill Belichick, who, and look, I'm going to say that Bill Belichick got excited when he was talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle. And if you haven't heard Bill Belichick's press conferences very often, you might think, oh, this doesn't sound very exciting. But the length of his answers, uh, the detail of his answers, this is about a 9 out of 10 for Bill Belichick when he talks about 49ers tight end George Kittle and his old quarterback that he traded to the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's start with Kittle. Kittle's a great player. He does everything well. Um, it's probably, it's, it's, you know, I put him right at the top of the league there. Period. Ability to run, catch, get open after the catch, block. I mean, he does everything at a high level. Um, again, as good as anybody that that I've coached, or as good as anybody that we played against. Um, he's got a, a great skill set, and um, you know, 49ers put him in positions that again really stress the defense, and you know, make it hard. But then he, they also use him as a um, you know, somewhat as a decoy to open up things for other guys too. And if you you pay too much attention to him, that it, it creates opportunities for some of their other outstanding players. And if you don't pay enough attention to him, then you know he can kill you. So you know he's in a great system. Um, you know he's a great player. I don't think there's I don't think there's a tight end in the league, and, and we've seen a lot of good ones um, and had a lot of good ones, but. I don't think there's anybody in the league that does everything overall as well as he does. Just really doesn't have any any weak points at all. Just outstanding at every phase of the game. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh so much. Bill Belichick's hysterical sometimes. The fact that he says more than four words tells you how excited he is about George Kittle as a player. And I love that he just keeps adding superlatives on to the end. He can't stop talking almost, which is very unlike Bill Belichick. Similar answer when he talked about Jimmy Garoppolo, who, and I think maybe he wanted to keep Garoppolo ultimately, but wasn't able to do that because of how much he was paying Tom Brady, who was ageless. They won another Super Bowl with Tom. So it was the right decision. I'm sure he doesn't regret it, but who knows? Maybe a reunion at some point for Bill Belichick and the quarterback he drafted in 2014, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we, we like him as a, you know, his personal characteristics, his intelligence, his toughness, his work ethic, his playing skill. You know, he came from a situation where we thought that he would need some development. Um, but, and, and I think he did, And but he worked very hard, uh, worked very hard to improve, you know, particularly, you know, playing under center. Um, you know, dropping back under center's mechanics and, you know, turning back on the defense and things like that that you don't do when you're in the shotgun all the time like 
basically it was in college and obviously reading coverages and you know seeing things at, at this level that you know are a lot, a lot different than, than what he said at college but he you know he handled that well and and um you know he showed a lot of toughness and leadership and and the opportunities that he got to play for us or practice um you know when uh, when tom wasn't able to, to practice um sometimes during the week he would step in there and um you know, did did things at a very high level, and everybody here had a lot of confidence in him. And you know, it's one of those situations where you just, you know, you're not able to keep keep all the players based on the you know the system that is set up, which is you know understandable. And so, I'm glad that it's worked out um, for him in San Francisco. I hope it doesn't work out on Sunday, but otherwise, you know. Happy that he had the opportunity to play for a you know a great coach and a great organization, and play on a great team. I think he deserves that. He certainly worked hard and earned it, and I'm happy for him and, and his family. There was another one where he I think he wanted to end after about four words, but he kept going and he kept talking about it, and then how happy he is for him personally and his family and how hard he worked. And I think Bill was really impressed by the time he spent with Jimmy Garoppolo. So. Uh, yeah, I think some mutual respect there for Jimmy Garoppolo and his old coach as well. How about George Kittle? How does he feel hearing someone who's a legendary coach like Bill Belichick talk that way about him when he used to coach Rob Gronkowski, one of the greatest tight ends of all time? Awesome coming from a coach like Bill uh, Bill Belichick, um, someone who's had success for such a long time and sustained it for such a long time. Um, to get that compliment, it, it, it's awesome. Um, makes me fired up to play this Sunday. I'm excited to play every single Sunday. Um, but, yeah, first experience uh, Foxborough, it's going to be really fun. Uh, they do a bunch of different stuff on defense, whether it's personnels or, you know, how they adjust uh, our personnel and our formations. Um, you know, it's going to be exciting. Uh, I know we're looking forward to the challenge and really just looking forward to playing more football. One of the challenges George Kittle and the 49ers offense could face, Kittle is probably weapon number one that – Belichick will want to take away from the 49ers offense. More on that idea from George Kittle coming up. We'll hear from rookie running back to Michael Hasty, who might have an expanded role in week seven. And of course the keys to victory. You have to be a member of the Yak Bros. Fantastic answer from George Kittle there. When he was asked where you get the t-shirt he was wearing, he was wearing a shirt to this press conference that said Ross DeBoss dwelly on it i don't think it was a big run of shirts i don't think it's something you can find at the nfl shop but uh such a fantastic shirt and the tight ends are tight on this roster and sounds like tight ends are tight around the league kittle talked about the origins of national tight end day um you know it was a conversation between um garrett Selleck, jimmy g and myself um i'm pretty sure it was a day that uh all the tight ends were active and so Jimmy G was like, like, what is a national tight end day? And we're like, yeah, it's a holiday, man. It's national tight end day. And we just kind of rolled with it. Garrett Selleck had a touchdown on that day, which, you know, that was our first annual Niners national tight end day. But in my opinion, every day is national tight end's day. But uh, the NFL just wanted to give us one specified weekend, which is the last weekend in October. Um, so thank you to them for that. But, uh, I mean, it's fun. Just the fact that, um, you know, Titans get a little bit of recognition on this one day and all the Titans are mic'd up can mash all that up together. And I think it's, it's just fun. And a day that you can recognize all the great Titans across the league is a great day. And I'm looking forward to our second annual national tight end day. It's not going to be national tight end day at Foxborough. If Bill Belichick has anything to say about it, 
Kittle was asked about what he should expect Sunday if Bill Belichick should decide to try to take him out of the game plan. I mean, other than the fact that probably going to be a lot of double teams, going to be a lot of different coverages, they're going to mix in a whole bunch of things to confuse us maybe. Um, you know, I think they're going, to do, they're going to do a whole lot of things. And you can game plan for so much, but honestly, I think it's going to be more of a reactionary thing out there. And, uh, you know, Jimmy was in the system for a long time, so um, I feel like he, you know, has the ins and outs. But like I said, they think, I feel like they've changed and they're not going to just, you know, play into what Jimmy knows. And um, I think we're just going out there and play Niner football and we're going to react to it, you know, game plan accordingly and just go uh, play some smash mouth football. Smash mouth football Sunday, probably a good bet, probably be a low scoring game and two players that might factor big into whether or not the 49ers win or lose is nose tackle DJ Jones and running back Jamichael Hasty. Let's hear from both of them really quickly. First, DJ Jones. Uh, he plays a position that doesn't get a lot of credit sometimes. He's keeping blockers off of the guys who do fly around, and get credit, and make plays. Uh, every game is an ice bag game for me. But um, the fact that they run the ball more than anybody we played, uh, yes, it is music to my ears. Um, I feel like I'm a, I'm a run stopper first. So uh, going into a game like this, yeah, I'm ready. I'm excited. Love that term, ice bag game. Plenty of ice to go around, I'm sure, Monday morning for uh, every player on the 49ers roster every week. But when you're a nose tackle and you're trying to hold up to two, 310-pound centers and guards all game long, it's not an easy task. And the Patriots are going to come right at the 49ers and try to establish the run, as they say. Kyle Shanahan, Probably not much different in the way he'll try to get the run game going, much like he did last week in victorious fashion against the Rams. That means rookie running back to Michael Hasty with Raheem Mostert out might factor big into this game plan for the 49ers. He talks about what it was like to get his first NFL action. No nerves. Uh, pretty much like I just mentioned, you know what I mean? Just going out there and playing football. You know, it's, um, I've been doing it my whole life. And um, I just try to go out there and just, and just make it football. You know what I mean? Don't think too much. Just go out and play have fun, you know what I mean, and live with the results. One player that wasn't surprised about the way that Jermichael Hasty ran the ball was George Kittle. He said he saw it all training camp and he sees it in practice. It's every practice he makes a play, whether it's a cut or a, a reception or a block or something, that's like a wow play. And he said he saw similar stuff from Matt Breida and he compared that, uh, he compared those two players to the undrafted guys coming up and making big plays and proving they belong in the NFL. And it seems like Jermichael Hasty, in the limited action we've seen, does belong. And Kyle Shanahan leaned on him in the fourth quarter of that win last week. He was asked the question, this is an interesting answer, why he chose the 49ers as an undrafted free agent when he could sign with probably numerous teams around the NFL. Coming out, I think this was the best fit for me, you know what I mean, in terms of what I'm able to do, uh, my skill set and the scheme of this offense. I feel like um, it was the best fit for me as a player, and it was my reason for coming here. And also to be coached, you know, by you know a legend, coached by VT, man. He can't pass that up. I think just the variety that they throw, you know, at defenses from inside zone to outside zone and also the usage of the running backs in the pass game, you know what I mean? So just just being versatile and the way that they use their backs, you know what I mean? I feel like it was the right fit for me. He talked about a chance to get coached by, I thought he was going to say Kyle Shanahan, but no, he's talking about running backs coach Bobby Turner, who's been amazing at plucking those undrafted running backs. Uh, he was, Brita was his guy too, just like Jamichael Hasty. And it's really important. He's uh, He's got an eye for talent at the running back position. That's for sure. 
and he can coach him up, and we can see that. And Hasty's right. He's a perfect fit. I love the fit from Hasty. I talked about it before the draft. I was like, why is nobody talking about this guy? So perfect for Kyle Shanahan's offense. Looks like another version of DeFonte Freeman that we saw in Atlanta under Kyle Shanahan, and he can catch the ball too. And he mentioned that, and we haven't even seen that from him yet. There's more there as a pass catcher for Jermichael Hasty in Kyle Shanahan's offense. I think we'll see that probably this week and going forward, although they do have Jarek McKinnon there, who's a pretty good pass catcher himself. So maybe it's... Early down work first for Jermichael Hasty, then he can prove that he's ready to uh, pass protect and, and be involved in the passing game as well. All right, here we go. It's the keys to victory for the 49ers in Week 7 against the New England Patriots. And this one was a late addition to... Uh, I, was, I want to talk a little bit about the running game, but we heard from Hasty there, and he's going to have to be a factor in this game, as is Jarek McKinnon. And I don't think the 49ers are going to be able to run that wide receiver running slash passing game at least as extreme as they did last week against the Patriots. And Bill Belichick, I'm sure, has some answers for that if Kyle Shanahan tries it. But with a bullet, number five now, the key to victory for the 49ers is that new pair of starting safeties. Moore and Harris, most likely. They'll have to play together like seasoned vets that have spent years and years playing with each other, next to each other, at safety. Which I'm sure they have a lot in practice, but remember, they're replacing a tandem in Ward and Tart that played together not only for years with the 49ers, but they played together in high school. I have no doubt that Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels will test the young safeties early and often in this game. The 49ers hoping it doesn't turn out like the Miami game when they had to make a last-minute replacement at cornerback. This is definitely not that level of an experiment with Tarverius Moore especially, and some people believe Moore is, is better or could potentially be better than Jimmy Ward. He's highly athletic. He has the pedigree as a third-round draft pick and has played in the scheme for a few years now. So he should be definitely be up for the challenge, and I fully believe that Tarverius Moore will be, but we haven't really seen extended time with him at free safety. And who knows, maybe he pushes Ward for a job when the 49ers have to make some tough decisions in the offseason, and then we'll see if it's Harris or Jonathan Cyprian at strong safety for the 49ers. But they, they're going to have to have some good safety play, and just whenever you're replacing starters, that's uh, the, the Patriots coaching staff, that set up, sets off alarms, and they're going to go after them. Key to victory number four for the 49ers to beat the Patriots. Can the Niners win on the outside in the passing game if the Pats are able to take away the short stuff and George Kittle over the middle? And maybe the 49ers just are able to still get Kittle heavily involved and are able to abuse the linebackers. And I think personnel-wise, the 49ers have an advantage in this game. But Bill Belichick is so smart and so good at coming up with schemes to stop the best thing that an opposing offense does, which is George Kittle in this offense. And is Jimmy over the high ankle sprain? Is Jimmy's ankle better? Can he push off of that ankle? That'll help him push the ball outside and make the Patriots defend just more grass defensively, which will be huge. The number three key to victory for the 49ers Sunday is the offensive line building on that confidence they developed last week. And I think that was, I think Jimmy's ankle was obviously part of it. I think their offensive personnel, how good everybody is running after the catch, the yak bros is why Kyle Shanahan developed the scheme that he did for week six, but protecting the offensive line was one of them. And the 49ers now might be without their most talented offensive lineman, Trent Williams. We'll see if he plays. He's going to be a game time decision can the offensive line play well and build on the confidence that they developed last week? And you hear Mike McGlinchey talk about it, and he was so jacked up in that game. There was the headbutting moment where he delivered like nine straight headbutts to Hronis Grassou at the end of that game when the 49ers were sealing the win, and he sounded really confident and felt really good about how the 49ers' offensive line played. So I know they're confident coming into this game. Can they build on that and continue to play well if 
Garoppolo is asked to drop back and hold onto the ball longer than 2.3 seconds. Key to victory number two for the Fort, and of course the running game. Uh, key to victory number two for the 49ers against the Patriots is contain Cam. For the love of God, contain the athletic quarterback. Come up with some new schemes. Do something. Give him some different looks because it's just so backbreaking for the 49ers defense when they do their job on first and second down. Then have good coverage on third down, only for the quarterback to run around and extend a play or scamper for a first down. So they've got to contain Cam Newton. He's really the only really talented offensive player the Patriots have. I mean, it sounds harsh, but the Patriots don't have a great offensive group. And Julian Edelman is is borderline washed up. He is not the player that he once was. And Nikhil Harry can't separate the former first-round draft pick. And um, they have a lot of bodies, but th- there's nobody that scares you on offense except for Cam Newton. So a lot of attention needs to be paid to Cam Sunday, even more so than, than the attention that you normally pay to a quarterback, which is a lot. And key to victory number one for the 49ers to beat the New England Patriots in week seven. This is a fun one. This is Kyle Shanahan versus Bill Belichick. This is the offensive mind, the wonderkind, the mastermind of Kyle Shanahan. What is he going to develop for that Patriots defense? And what is Bill Belichick, one of the greatest coaches of all time, going to develop to take away what Kyle Shanahan wants to do? And he knows what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. He's shown it. He showed it more than ever just last week. Huge game for both franchises when it comes to the 2020 season. Pat's outlook will be very different at either 3-3 three and three if they win or 2-4 and four behind both the Dolphins and Bills in the AFC East if they lose. The 49ers could be two games behind third place in the NFC West after a loss at 3-4 and four, or in pretty good shape in a nice spot at 4-3 and three, over 500 to make a run with a pretty tough schedule remaining that might not be as tough as it looked a couple weeks ago down the stretch. And does a three and four San Francisco 49ers team become a seller at the trade deadline even? Like that's how much difference this two game swing could make for the 49ers being either three and four or four and three. So it's a huge game. Shanahan versus Belichick, Niners, Patriots, Jimmy G going back home to Foxborough. It's going to be so much fun. There's a lot of storylines here and a pretty important game in the 2020 season for both teams. All right, that's going to do it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And, of course, I'll be back right here Monday breaking down everything we see Sunday right here, Locked On 49ers.